This week on Phone Calls with Clever People, we're having a conversation about scalable people. Now, you might have heard of the term scalable business, but what about scalable people? Well, today's guest, Mary Butler, told me recently that it's about finding the right people for the business, not just the smartest people for the business as you grow. I wanted to give her a call and find out why it's so important and what we can be doing as leaders to get this right. Hi everyone and welcome to Phone Calls with Clever People. My name's Shane Hatton. I'm a speaker, author and mentor from Melbourne, Australia and I'm passionate about all things leadership and communication. I realized recently that I know some really clever people in my network and I thought it would be a fun idea to be able to take some of their cleverness and share it with the rest of the world. Now through the wonders of technology, I'm broadcasting my phone calls with clever people just for you. And really the premise is quite simple. I just want to be able to ask great questions of talented people to help us all become more effective leaders. Today on the phone, I'm joined by Mary Butler. Now, Mary is a speaker, coach, and author of a great upcoming book called Scalable People. And I've been really looking forward to this conversation uh, about what Scalable People is all about. But ultimately, Mary's work is all about helping leaders uh, get ready for the future. So, Mary, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Shane. Good morning. Good morning. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I often like to start our conversation before we jump in with what that's all about with a bit of some fast facts. And so um, can you tell us three questions? Where were you born? Uh, what was your first job? And then what are you doing with yourself now? Um, yeah. So well, you can tell by my accent. <laughs> it, it, it was, was a bit Ireland. of a giveaway. <laughs> I was born in Ireland, um, in Cork, so way down the southern tip of Ireland. Um, and my first job, gosh, you know, Ireland has spent so much of its um, time just as a quite a poor country. I mean, I remember growing up, we certainly, um, you know, it was a struggle. You either had maybe a family holiday or could kind of buy a television, you know, it was, um, uh, it was quite a, a challenging economic environment growing up there, um, but wonderful nonetheless, of course. And um I came out of university, I'd studied science and got my science degree and there's just no work. So my first job was a summer job working in a factory on an assembly line. And I remember they were assembling computers, like old desktops at the time. And I was screwing in um, screws. I had this, uh, God, I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, I was screwing in 5,000 screws into this assembly line computer boards Um every day so that was my job and it was just sitting there it was mind numbing um <laughs> and it paid very little so <laughs> so you know it kind of it built character that's what my dad told me building so, character yeah build character exactly um and a long way from there now fortunately um yeah i spent about 25 years working in corporate and um across all areas of corporate i've worked in pharmaceutical retail uh, aviation, professional services, tech, tech startup, and I've worked um, across the, the globe. I've worked uh, early days across Europe, I've worked in the States, across Asia, and I moved to Australia in about uh, in 1998. So yeah, I'm here a bit over, gone here, coming up on 22 years now, which is quite a while. Um, and 
uh, what I'm doing now is I, I left corporate two years ago and I really wanted to work with startups and scale ups. And the reason being is I had had experience of working in a tech global tech startup when I was back in Ireland. I'd moved back for a period back in the um, end of 2000. And what I was excited about was people strategy in startups and scale ups. And the reason being is they tend to grow quickly, particularly obviously the high growth ones. Mm. Um, and they grow quickly. And um, what I was seeing was some kind of common mistakes and challenges happening in the hiring of um, of teams. And so I, what I really wanted to do was work with existing teams within scale-ups and help them reestablish their teams and reestablish um, who they have supporting their businesses, essentially to have the right people in the mm. right place with the right capabilities. Mm. So that's what I'm doing today. And that kind of sparked our conversation about this idea of scalable people, right? And so you told me you were writing a book that is coming out yeah. later this year called Scalable People. And I went, okay, so what is scalable people? Is and you that? said, that's <laughs> the whole point. Um, and so yeah. I think it's a really nice starting point if we're going to talk about this topic for a bit um, to let us know where did this idea come from? What What is scalable people? Where did, where's the idea come from in all of this? Yeah, so, so as I mentioned, so I worked for a tech startup, a global tech startup, and we went from, um, in my first year, which was I think the second year of the company, went from 300 people to 1,400 people in the first year. Um, and growing that quickly globally, as you can imagine, the um, we hadn't really established the t- profile of the person that we needed to come in, and we, we needed to recruit so quickly that we just didn't take the time to make sure we had the right diversity um, of people coming in. We didn't have the right technical capability, the right strategic mindset, um, team players, decision-making, all of those elements. So we weren't assessing any of that, and that... Um, that led me to think about what's happening now. And, and the startup market in Australia has grown so much in the last five years. It's grown really rapidly. And they just felt like there was that opportunity for them. The challenges um, that I'm seeing with clients is um, starting up early. You know, they, they're kind of, that, you know, working in the garage, um, you know, surviving on the smell of an oily rag kind of thing and mm. creating their startups locally and then hiring their mates and then hiring more mates of mates and, who else do we know? And and, and hiring lots of, um, I suppose in most cases, very technical people with very high level of technical capability. And what happens is you end up with a very homogenous team who are all really great in one area and quite often have very similar working styles, behaviors, personalities. And what's missing is that ability to introduce a diversity of thinking. And mm. so how do we become less homogenous? Um, and that, that is a challenge. And also, when you've hired your mates, it's very hard to let them go. Yeah. And so that's what, what I'm seeing is that we're holding on to people. Atlassian has a great term for them. Atlassian calls them the brilliant jerk. And <laughs> Did you say a so, brilliant jerk? <laughs> brilliant jerk. So it's quite a harsh term, but it, it's holding on to those people who are just not the right fit anymore. Um, and they're not all jerks, of course, but they've just maybe surpassed their capability levels. Um, and they just can't extend and expand and grow with the business. And that's really what a scalable person is. Um, so the definition of scalable is um, a scalable business is one that can grow and expand as the market requires. And a scalable person in relation to that is somebody who can expand and stretch. Um, they're anti-fragile, they're powerful, they're robust. 
which would have been really highly identified, I suppose, in the last kind of 10 weeks of what's going on with COVID, is who are those people who can withstand those kind of pressures and, and uh, increased demands. Mm. So that's a fascinating. I'm guessing that's a story that you would hear regularly with um, businesses that are starting up because, again, like you're talking, they're working out of garages, they're working on a shoestring budget just to try and get the concept working. And so, of course, yeah. when you don't have money, you don't have budget, uh, the first thing you do is you go to people who will work for you at um, a reduced rate. Most of the time, that they're friends, they're family, they're people who are close to you, or they're people who yeah. believe in the product but maybe are really smart um, in their kind of subject matter expertise. And so they say, well, I'll come and help you in this space for a while. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right people to help your business grow. And Absolutely. we're talking startups at the moment, but again, it's not just startups, right? We were having a conversation about every business that experiences this in some degree of, of not having the right people. Um, are you seeing that just, I mean, across the board, what does that look like? Yes, that's, um, that does happen a lot. And so there may be a need, for example, for increased social media exposure. And so, you know, oh, um, you know, John is always on Facebook over there. Maybe he could actually start doing something in the social media space. And yeah. and people are just moved across, almost like a kind of a puzzle. They just moved into positions. And quite often, as you say, it is a temporary fix and it's, it's a short-term focus. And what really um, does need to happen is looking at the long-term, um, what's the future strategy of the business and how do we address that? How do we design the business to address the future challenges rather than band-aiding currently. And I completely understand, you know, cash is a problem and getting, being able to afford the really senior people with all the great experience. Um, that is a real uh, a challenge, but it's just trying to have much more of a strategic longer term focus rather than um, thinking operationally, how do we fix for today? Um, mm. And it's, it's getting a balance. It's, you know, it is, you know, move people around certainly and you do what you can in the short term, but just make sure that you do have a longer term strategy in place that you're designing um, your, uh, your team for that future market. Yeah. And it's a bit of, um, we're really good at potentially thinking strategically about the business, right? We're thinking yeah. um, long-term operationally, even right now in the current climate, people are thinking through six, 12 months ahead in finances. They're thinking through in, um, you know, um, in services, they're thinking it through in um, the operations. But again, it's almost having that same mindset around people. What, what people do we need in 12, 18 months to help our business for the future, not just where we're at right now. Um, and so, I mean, that's an interesting question. So why why is this so important? You know, you talked about earlier before, we, we end up building really homogenous teams and teams that look the same, feel the same, sound the same. And so I, I guess we kind of understand the benefits of hiring people who aren't just the technical geniuses, but why is the real, where's the real benefit of, of creating a team that is, is diverse and is um, essentially future fit? Yes. Oh, so, um, well, we know that we, we appreciate the, the importance of diversity, but it's diversity across a whole range of um, diversity of capability in terms of their technical mastery. And so in terms of your job and what you can do, um, but balance across the whole team is just, um, it's, uh, it's opening up um, the borders and the boundaries and the blinkers essentially from working in a particular direction. And so it's expanding thinking so that you can include um, 
other thoughts that you may have missed yourself. And so if we have a group of people who are all thinking similarly, what are they missing? Mm. Um, and I think that's a really good question. And I know like my particular style, actually, mine is an action move forward quickly, but I do know that I need to take a step back and just go, what am I missing? Because I can very happily make a decision really quickly. Um, and what is important is for people to move really quickly. And that is um, a typical behavior and a trait of a founder is somebody who wants to get in and get results and, and move forward quickly is what am I missing and what's going on that I'm not seeing? Um, and that's why having that kind of balance of a team of people saying, right, you're not thorough enough in your thinking or this isn't accurate enough or this won't work. Mm. So um, a trait of uh, founders are that they're very uh, futuristic and strategic in their thinking. Um, but what they're not thinking really about is that depth of uh, what are the challenges and what else is going on and what am I not seeing um, mm. a lot of the time. So it's, it's ha- having that pause and it's having the balance. And that can be very frustrating for people who want to move ahead quickly as well as somebody saying, no, no, no we, you know, we've got to research this a bit more and take our time and be more cautious. And that can be really frustrating, but it's absolutely essential mm. um, to ensure that you're not jumping in too quickly and making mistakes. And it's one of those things, I guess, why those people hiring mistakes happen is because you say, look, there's somebody there, they'll fill a gap. And three years later, they're sitting there um, in the team and they're not the right person and they're not part of the inner circle anymore. And mm. they're starting to get a bit disruptive and they're disrupting people around them. And nobody's making the call about them, making the decision and so just it yeah. I love that question that you've asked there. I mean, whether you're a startup, whether you're in business, um, the question you ask is, what am I not seeing here? And mm. one of the benefits of creating a team that's full of people that are, are don't look the same, sound the same, feel the same, is that you create this new perspective that, that uh, to see things that you probably wouldn't normally see. And I think that's a really, really crucial um, benefit to all of this. If we've got the right people in the room, we're seeing the things that we wouldn't normally see. And if on the on the flip side of that, if we don't, it's almost like we're walking into the future as a business with a blind spot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Blind spots, God, you hit it spot on there. And you, you know, what I see a lot, and I'm hearing this a lot as well, talking to a number of um, I guess investors and VCs recently, is um, we have a lot of founders who, um, you know, their business is their baby, and they're kind of starting to hit the baby's ugly. Um, but, you know, they, <laughs> they don't want to hear that, of course. It's like, yeah. Um, things have shifted now obviously the market has shifted or and they've had to really prioritize on a particular initiative more recently as well rather than you know kind of expanding their and their portfolio but um you know the founder isn't always the right person to become the ceo and that hurts Mm. and a lot of them really struggle to take that on board and what they need to do is first of all is really let go and some of that fixed mindset, I guess, essentially that, you know, their baby is perfect, they've got the vision and they're moving forward. And that, mm. you know, they, this might be three, five years in the work. So things have shifted. Um, it's not to say they haven't kept up, but in some cases they're just slow to to accept that that um what they originally planned is not actually um going to be come to fruition for them. Um, you mentioned blind spots, that's really important. That's something about holding up the mirror um to a founder and um leaders in those those businesses is they need to work on their emotional intelligence Mm. not all of them of course but it's a really important we all do i suppose to some extent but what are those blind spots what are they again as you said not seeing what are they not seeing in their own behaviors because they're so absorbed in their business and not seeing the impact of their behaviors on the team um 
you know, they're not seeing the, the blind spots of their, their team members as well because they tend to focus on the task and the business rather than sitting back to see what's going on around me. Mm. Um, and blind spots are very hard. We can't see them because we're blind to them. But what it takes is giving feedback. Feedback will open up your blind spots. But yeah. who's going to give you a feed, the feedback when you're the boss? And who's going to, um, you know, you need to be very skilled in delivering effective feedback. It's not for everyone and everyone shouldn't do it without some kind of assessment to remove the emotion from it. Because those kind of conversations can become quite highly charged and then just mm. disruptive to the team. But, you know, no one really wants to hear of their failings. Um but there's something also about identifying their strengths and saying, this is what you're really good at. And a lot of founders love the technical piece, of course, but also client-facing, um, you know, getting out, sharing their, their knowledge and their capability with others and selling to, the, to clients. But that doesn't mean that they're good people leaders. And mm. there's something about helping them recognize it's time to step aside. You may not even have the right person internally, but don't be afraid to hire the right person in as your CEO. That's really, really critical as well. But I, I, you know, I completely understand why they're reluctant to do it. Um, but it can uh, have a huge, massive positive impact for the business to get get somebody else in who is a people leader and mm. who has that um, level of inspiration. Yeah, I, I really like that that idea or the, the metaphor of no no person wants to hear that their baby's ugly. And I think for people yeah. who are <laughs> deeply invested in their business, and and again, let's let's put this in the broader context: people who are deeply invested in their team, um, people who are deeply invested in their organization they're a part of. Nobody loves to hear that they're not doing a good job, and. But if we can't be open to those different perspectives, if we can't open, be open to those blind spots and we're not going to grow and then we create this culture where feedback isn't welcome and it actually hinders the whole organization moving forward, not just our, at an individual level, but also as, as a, at a team level. Um, so I want to ask this question now. So we're talking about scalable people. And so we're, we're looking at this importance of building teams that are fit for the future, teams that are the right people, not just the smartest people. And so what are we looking for in scalable people? Like if you're an organizational leader, if you're a team leader, who are you looking for? Or if you're even you're recruiting right now, what are some of the, the things that you're looking for in, to find the right person? Yeah, that's great. So um, I'm actually building a diagnostic at the moment um, or a tool that, I, um, that can help uh, scale-ups actually make this assessment. And actually it's about raising the questions. Mm. What happens is quite often we replace like with like. And so if somebody leaves, we replace them with an almost identical person rather than actually saying, okay, what did they have that was really useful? And building a, a profile for that role um, that takes in a whole number of elements. So obviously there's that technical mastery. There's how are they working today? Are they, you know, do we need somebody who's um, flexible or do we need somebody who um, appreciates stability, routine, um, do we need somebody who can be autonomous or somebody who would work better under a leader? Or do they need to be a team player? Um, the really scalable people, and I suppose in tradition, many traditional terms in corporate world, they're quite often the high potentials mm. um, and that, that HR term. Um, and I think it's more than that because scale-ups are, they, they are very, very different from the corporate world. Um but it's, so it's people who can grow with the business, they can expand, they, they stretch their learning, um, they are interested in their own learning, so they're continuously improving. They're very robust as well, and um, they make unsentimental decisions, I think is really important as well. Mm. So they make the right decisions for the business that are not sentimental towards their mates or who've been in the team. Um, they're also... Um, 
it, I suppose quite often there would be people who would have sponsors or mentors as well. So that personal self-development is really important. And mm. um, you know, the keeping across what needs to happen. They can, they're collaborative, they're inclusive, uh, good communicators. Um, and future strategic thinkers as well is really helpful. But also we do need people who um, look at the day-to-day as well, because if we're all thinking out in the future, there's nobody actually working on what's going on today. Mm. Uh, so, so it's a really good, it's a good balance, um, good performers and good future prospects as well. Um, and they're not always the people who will be looking to take on the CEO role. And, you know, they don't always have that type of aspiration, but um, it's important to understand what are their aspirations. Mm. And if they just want to be a really great team lead and a great people, they may not have the highest level of technical capability, but they can lead people well. Then, you know, you need a really uh, a good balance across the team. Mm. So I guess what, what we're talking about here is it's it's looking for people who aren't just or don't just possess the technical capabilities for what's required to do their role, but people who have people leadership capabilities that can yeah. help um, other people get really good at their roles as well. And I guess what you're saying and touching on here is that the key um, differentiator in this is, or, or the thing to be aware of is to actually understand the aspirations of that person within the organization. If they are a person that wants to stay long-term then, and they do want to grow with the organization, then asking the question, okay, well, is this the right person for us long-term? And if not, how do we kind of, um, how do we address that? Um, so just yeah. kind of shifting a mindset from short-term to long-term, yeah. is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, certainly. And what happens is what, is people get busy and they forget to have conversations with their teams. And we make assumptions about people. I mean, we've all come across people who've, um, you know, been put into leadership roles and they just want to be technical or they just mm. want to be client-facing. Um or they they recognize that they actually really just want to work with people. And as I said, they don't have to be the, the best in terms of technical capability. So um, it is having, certainly having a future um, uh, for the future of the business. So it's, it's we need people who, as I mentioned, can um, accomplish what we need today. But with that more future focus as well is really, really uh, important. Mm. And looking at, um, you know, people talk about um talent strategy and um, I'm talking about people strategy and the reason I'm talking about people strategy instead is that talent tends to be just focusing um, your business on those really as I mentioned those high potential people those future leaders of the business and I think people strategy is much more important to start off with if you don't have um, a sophisticated um, strategy in place for your people but it's a good starting place is Look, it's a holistic end-to-end approach. Mm. So what is what is a people strategy right from how are we onboarding people and you know, how are we developing them? What are their career aspirations and, and career opportunities? And, um, you know, who, who are the future leaders of the business? Who are the people who want to stay in, in the roles that they're in? And we talk about aspirations, about having, having those conversations um, are really important and so when we get busy we forget to have a conversation so we just mm. don't understand people's aspirations and where in the talent life cycle are they where do they want to belong what do they want to do do they want to be a leader because quite often if they miss out in a role but nobody's had a conversation with them then they're upset and mm. then they're resentful of the other person who did get the job or or worse you put somebody into the role who doesn't actually want to be there so mm. The understanding aspirations is really critical, um, but it can only happen if we 
talk to our people. Yeah. <laughs> we talk to them to understand what is it that you want to do? What would you like to do? And having the ability to have that conversation, and it doesn't have to be complex. People are too often afraid to have those career conversations with people. That, um, but you, you, you're not going to stuff it up. But the worst thing to do is not have the conversation. Yeah. I, I like the, the the people's strategy. And like most things, what we're talking about here is everything comes down to planning. Uh, the absence of planning or thinking strategically about a business, you see the impact on the business. Failing to think strategically about people, um, you see the impacts on the business as well. Um, so interestingly enough, like I, I like that idea that um, it's not just about asking who do we have and what do we need to do with those people. Um, it's about asking who do we need and how do we find those people. Right. And so, again, it's not just about going, what, what are the technical capabilities that we need that are going to help our business function? It's what are the actual people um, that we need that are going to help our business grow and that are going to help lead our other people through this. And so um, I'm mindful of our time. So we're kind of bringing this into land yeah. a little bit. Can we can we jump into some maybe some I know there's lots of things and you'll probably unpack a whole bunch of them <laughs> in the book. But what are some maybe a couple of practical things that we need to be thinking about or what are some of the practical things that we could be doing to kind of leave people with? Sure. I think, look, the, the most important thing is um, rather than moving people around your business is to understand, first of all, what's your strategy? Then what do the client want? So what's your strategy? Then you look at your capability. So pretend you've got a blank sheet of paper and you have nobody in your team. Mm. What, what are the capabilities that I need, technical and otherwise, and behavioral? And my diagnostic will help with that, which will be available shortly as well to, to share. Um, what are those capabilities that we need in the business? And then you start looking at who we have. Because what we always do is we start at the other end. We start at who do we have and who can we shove around? Mm. Um, and who, who can we kind of try and expand even though they don't want to do it? So it's really important um, to start with your, cap- your strategy, your capabilities, and then who do we have? Um, and then the next thing, I think the most important thing is having those conversations with your team. So really understanding what do they want to do? What are they good at? Help understand their strengths. Help them understand their strengths because our own blind spots aren't just for the bad things. They're actually for the good things as well because mm. we're good at them. We're not aware that we're good at them. Um, we, you know, we're not aware that that's the strength of ours and that others recognize or appreciate that. Enough. So that's really, really important as well, having those aspirations. And I think the third piece is um, is really around not being afraid to have those difficult conversations um, with your teams and making sure that you're designing your team for the future and um, not just kind of keeping people happy for now. Um, so I think that's probably the third one. Uh, this is, those are super helpful. Just even the idea of starting with a blank piece of paper and working out yeah. what capability do we do we need for the future and then who do we need to find, not who do we have and what are their current capabilities and how do we kind of work with what we're already working with. And I, I think the key here is that last idea of actually being open to make the changes that we need to make uh, because yeah. that requires a whole lot of humility. Um, it requires us to push yeah. ego out, uh, out the door a little bit and go, okay, I, what's the best decision for the business and what's the best decision for my team and so some really practical ways um that people can um yeah kind of put this into practice and so mary thank you so much for the conversation i've absolutely loved having some time together and so um as always i I always encourage people to reach out and connect with you on linkedin because obviously they're going to hear about scalable people which is coming out soon um they're going to hear about some of the great content and work that you're doing you put out some amazing content online as well so it's well worth connecting with you um and you have a website as well if people want to check it out 
Yeah, I do. MaryButler.net. Mary, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Lovely. Thanks so much, Shane. That's it for another week of phone calls with clever people. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in you by checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they're released. And of course, I'd love to hear how this has added value for you in the reviews. Have a fantastic week.